You can't listen to the voice of the enemy because the enemy wants you to quit. He doesn't want the word taught. So learn to listen to what God has called you to do and listen to his spirit. And his spirit, you'll find out, is always there to encourage us and to help us. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, we are back at it again. This is bonus episode number two, Nehemiah chapter eight, as we continue the conversation with Pastor Joe Williams. In today's bonus episode, I have a special announcement that I'm excited to announce to you at the very end of this episode. So go ahead and stick around. I know you're going to be blessed by this announcement because it's going to create community for you, for me, and for many church leaders. So stick around to the very end. But until then, you're going to be blessed by this episode. It's talking all about the Word of God and how we can get that Word out. And I want to let you know I'm trying to do that as I prepare for season Five coming up soon as we dropping bonus episodes every other week and providing more content on our YouTube page. So check it out at eeleaders.com. You can get all the information, but I'm glad that you're here listening to this episode as we continue to study God's word and continue our conversation. Well, hey everyone, we're back at it again. Going to discuss some questions from Nehemiah chapter eight as we get introduced to a new character of the book of Nehemiah, this guy named Ezra. I'm here with Pastor Joe Williams here in sunny South Florida, Delray Beach at the home, having some vacation time and just uh, thought I'd give you guys a couple of bonus questions, um, or bonus episodes with asking bonus questions from Pastor Joe Williams with 40 years of ministry experience and uh, gleaning some more wisdom from him as I prepare for season five of the EE Leaders uh, podcast coming out most likely in the beginning of 2023. Excited to bring you guys more leadership lessons, not only then, but now as we discuss more principles from the Bible. And so thanks so much for joining us, for being a part uh, of this podcast as we just discuss, again, just questions that come to mind from the text. And uh, we're going to be introduced to this new character, Ezra. Now, he's not really new to the Bible. Uh, Many of you scholars, you probably know he has his own book of the Bible. But Ezra, he came to Jerusalem about 14 years before Nehemiah did, and he sort of led the charge on building the temple. Nehemiah was responsible for building the wall, and Ezra was responsible for building the temple. He was a priest. He was ministering to God's people. And And really, this chapter is about him uh, ministering God's word. And we're going to talk about the importance of God's word as we minister. But as we get introduced to this new character, Joe, uh, what comes to your mind when you think of that person, Ezra? Uh, Clearly, there's a whole book and he's in Nehemiah. But what comes to your mind or what's some things when you think about Ezra? Well, Ezra was just like a person, just like us, you know, ordinary people, ordinary person. But uh, um God gave him something to do, and he was faithful to the task, and he stayed true to the task until he finished it. So, you know, he didn't get discouraged. Nehemiah was used by God. Ezra was used by God. And God just used him to fulfill what he had told him to do. And that's what we all are called to do is exactly what God has told us to do. No matter how small you think it is, if God has told you to do something, um, it's good in his sight. Nehemiah is they have two totally different roles. Uh, one was um, not even in 
Jerusalem, uh, or not a Levite. He was just a, a cupbearer, Nehemiah, focusing on a project where Ezra was uh, doing temple work, being a priest. But they both were used by God in this generation, in that generation, to uh, really build people's lives up. And so it sort of thought, I thought about why is it so important to have different people on your team? Because Nehemiah and Ezra, they have their books next to each other. They interact with one another, but they are totally different. How is it good to pick people, a part of your team that are totally different than you as the main leader? Well, God has gifted all of his people and other people could have gifts and talents that, uh, that you don't have. And God is going to use their gifts and their talents to help you in your ministry. And I think it's crucial for a pastor to recognize those people, who they are, and delegate uh, those things to those people, things that you're not gifted in. Uh, A pastor is not gifted in everything, but there are other people that God will bring alongside you that you can delegate things to. And it takes a lot of burden off of you because you don't want to try to do something really that God has not called you to do. You know, it'll only bring you frustration. So you should know yourself as a pastor what you are gifted in and what you are not gifted in. It's no shame in it. I mean, uh, if there's other people more gifted than you in a certain area, uh, you're all doing the work for the glory of God, you know. So no one is any better than anybody else. We all have the same goals to uh, build people up. So watch out for those people because they are there. Cure because there are people that are better than us in certain things, but it doesn't mean that uh, that brings more value. We all have a role to play. Uh, talk a little bit about the subtle trap that comes in when um, there are gifted people in our church. Maybe they could teach well, maybe they could lead well, and we get intimidated because Paul said it's unwise to compare ourselves with one another, and oftentimes we want to push them back. But how have you embraced people that are, are strong leaders on your team? There's no hierarchies in the ministry, really. No one's more important than anybody else. We all there to serve Christ. Um, you know, we shouldn't be intimidated if someone is more gifted than we are in certain areas. That's a blessing. God has sent those people to, to help you, and it will sure help your ministry to, uh, to know those people are there. Ezra and Nehemiah have these different roles, but yet they still have a huge part to play in restoring people's lives. And so in chapter eight, where we find ourselves in our discussion today is really the walls built now and people have time now to worship God. Remember, that's the whole point is restoring people's lives. And so they're responding by listening to the word of God and obeying it. And you're going to see in this chapter eight where they're standing up and um, Ezra it reads the law and they're responding and weeping and celebrating and just re- and just being able to worship God through that. Let me ask you a couple of personal questions or think about a story or two. But how have you seen the word of God restore and build people's lives up over the years? Well, as, as people are as obedient to the word, the, the word is going to build people up. And, you know, the scripture uh, says it will make people wise if we take heed. Uh, the word of God is what the pastor should be preaching because that's what the apostles preached. You know, they were our examples of what Jesus preached, uh, what Paul preached. Uh, we ought to do the same thing. And the word of God is always edifying. That's why. I think it's good to uh, do expository teaching verse by verse, go through the Bible, 
And that way you teach the whole counsel of God, not just pick and choose the parts that you like or dislike. Uh, you just want to teach through the Bible and, and the word of God will bring forth the fruit. If they listen to it and if they apply it, it will bring forth fruit in their lives. And it takes some people longer than others. Some people grow faster than others. Uh, and that's okay. And it's true today. It worked then in the early church. And it will still work today. As a pastor, embrace the word of God in your life, not just to teach, but for your own study, your own rhythm and commune with God. What does it look like for you? And what's the importance of having the word of God for you as a leader? Well, the leader is got to start with the leader. First of all, my devotional life must be, um, you know, right on with the Lord before I do anything else in the morning. I just get up with the Lord and pray and and, and go to his word and ask him to speak to me through his word that day and to guide my day and and use me for that particular day. And I tell other people to do it. So I want to make sure that I do it also. So, you know, when you teach others, you also teach yourself. So what I'm gonna, I get up in the morning, I spend time with him and I tell people that they should have a quiet time also just between them and the Lord and just sit at his sit at his feet so he can fill them with what they need because there's no better time than that. I don't think any pastor can replace that quiet time that you have with Christ one-on-one, your own self. He want to speak to you personally. Listen to God and hearing from his word, he does give you guidance. And um, I think that it's really important to understand the scripture says it equips people to do the work of the ministry or to, um, to edify them, to rebuke, to correct, to counsel. It's from the Holy Spirit that he's given us his word, and we get the obligation or the responsibility, the privilege to teach people that a little bit more. Because in Ezra chapter 8, it says he explained the Bible or God's word to people. And uh, expository preaching is important in a local church, in a not just a pastor from the pulpit, but in every department, Sunday school, just clearly explaining the Bible. How do you do that? Yeah, you uh, you do receive it from the Spirit. You know, when you're going to teach through the Bible, you first of all you should you should read the text, you know, over and over, and, and write down thoughts that God has given you. Even before you go to a commentary, you should write what God has given you first, and then you can get other helps. Nothing wrong with that, but you can expound what God has given you to other people. You know, Paul said what. Uh, I've received from the Lord, I also deliver unto you. And that's why you got to be very careful that, um, especially in ministry, you keep your priorities straight and don't let other things come between you and Christ. You can be serving Christ and still be distracted. So you want to make sure that when you spend that time and Christ fills you, then you are able to give it to the people. I start on a Monday. If I know I'm going to teach next Sunday, for example, um, I start on a Monday. Maybe it's only for a couple of hours. And uh, and on a Tuesday, maybe two or three hours. And Wednesday, a couple of hours. On Thursday, a couple of hours. By the time Saturday comes around, usually by Friday night, I'm ready to go. I, I think it's very, for me, it's very stressful to not have your sermon prepared by Friday night. Because if you wait to Saturday night, that is stress city. I mean, it's like you scrambling, man. You up like to 12 o'clock in the morning trying to figure out, okay, Lord, help me. But 
you're going to have to, too, you know, learn to be a good student of your time. You know, Paul told Timothy to study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. So we want to rightly divide the word of truth on Sunday, but that's, that's what people are coming to hear, that what God has to say, because the word is going to build them up. Our preps and our notes and taking study time, but actually applying it. One thing I like uh, what Ezra said in Ezra 7.10, it says, Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statues and rules in Israel. As we study and prep, if we apply it to our lives, we're going to have more power to be able to actually explain it to people in a practical way because it's working out in our lives. We're trying to apply God's word, not only to study it for yourselves, to give it to people. How important is giving practical application to God's word? I think it's very important to give practical application, what people are going through in their everyday life. Most people don't care what the Greek or Hebrew has to say. They, you know, they're trying to pay their bills, man. They're trying to pay the rent. Uh, as, as a late J. Vernon McGee used to say, he used to put the cookies down uh, so the kitties can get to them. What he means by that, he wanted to make it practical where people can apply it to the everyday situation. They apply the word of, apply the word of God to the everyday circumstance. I just want to just make it just real practical so they can walk away encouraged. Message you've ever taught? I think the longest one I've ever taught was probably about about an hour. Right now, my message is about forty minutes. I do that on purpose. I would rather I would rather for people to come back for more than for me to talk too long, and they don't want to come back. So. Uh, I leave them with enough so they can come back for more. And hopefully uh, I, I don't want to just be too long and drag and drag the message out. They say a person's attention span is only 20 minutes. And I've heard good Bible teachers say that if you don't make your point within the first 20 or 25 minutes, you're not going to make it because people begin to tune out. Because. In this text, verse 3, Ezra, it says he taught and read the scripture from morning to midday. Scholars say that's about six hours. So I was just wondering if you had ever had done a six-hour message. Nope, never have. It's important. Uh, so much so we see in this chapter that um, the leaders actually build a platform for Nehemiah, what we would know as sort of a, a, a platform or a stage so, or for Ezra so that way he could preach. How important is it for us today uh, in our church buildings and our um, gatherings to build environments where people can hear the word of God? Things like stages, comfortable chairs, sound systems, uh, or even worship to prepare the heart. How important is it to have a great environment? Because they say most people, uh, they, they judge a church within the first five minutes, even before the preaching. If people are uh, friendly, that's going to help. How important it is to just build an environment where the word of God could be received by people? Well, the environment is very important. That's true. Uh, and, you know, when you have a good, clean environment, church uh, stages organized, the uh, you know the chairs are organized and clean. It, it says some. It says something about your church. It it it, it tells people that you care enough to have things organized because uh, most people. They really don't know how a church is run. I mean, somebody is doing the work behind the scenes. They don't even see what what it takes 
uh, they don't most prob- they probably don't even care. I mean, how a church is run. But uh, when you organize anything like your announcements and your message and your worship songs, it tells the people that you care enough about your facility and about them to keep it clean. Praise to repair people's hearts. Ministry. You are ministering to people through music. And you should not take that lightly. You know, it prepares people's heart for the word. And just try to make it as best as you can. Try to uh, get the songs organized. Uh, make sure everything is ready to go. And practice your songs before you go out. And give it all you got. Give it the best you can because you, your ministry is very important also if you are a worship leader to, uh, to go out and sing for the glory of God and, and prepare people's hearts for the word. Because it, I think most worship leaders underestimate the power of worship, but music is very powerful. And even, even before people hear the message, they can be blessed. They can be blessed through the music even before the pastor comes out. Help build comfortable environments. Uh, they also went to the crowds, it says, and they helped explain the word of God and they ministered. Sometimes as uh, church leaders, we overemphasize the large gathering. It's very fun to get a crowd. It's exciting. But let's talk a little bit about how important it is to get amongst the people in small gatherings like home fellowships, community groups, to ask questions, pray through scripture, learn in that way. How important is Uh, home fellowships, community groups, in the smaller context, relationships with your relationship to the Lord. Well, that makes your church stronger, community groups, you know, home fellowships. Because Sunday morning is really, uh, sometimes it's kind of hard for people to really get to know each other. But community groups, I think, is is very important because you you can bear relationships with people that Maybe you can't do it on Sunday morning. It's just so many people there and so many things going on. But I would encourage you if you if you uh, if you have community groups, encourage the people to come out to them, and they they're very important uh, to strengthen the church. Relationship too, giving love and accountability, and breaking the word to an applicable situation in that person's life. It's like counseling, right? Uh, that's what you sort of see these leaders do. They're they're giving counsel and explaining, hey, this is what this verse means to you right now. It's with just small group ministry and counseling people through the Word of God. Some people ask me, you know, do I counsel? I say, well, I'm counseling when I teach. If you listen to my messages, they are very practical, and I am counseling. But some people just need one-on-one counseling. But I think that's part of the pastor's job, too, Um they look into him for spiritual guidance, direction sometimes, prayer. Uh, and, you know, spend one-on-one with people. This, it goes a long ways because it tells people how, how much you care for them, how much you are concerned that you would take time to, to spend with them and to listen to them and to pray with them and to encourage them. That goes a long ways. But I think that's part of the pastor's job you know, you you teach your sermon, but it doesn't end there. You're going to always be counseling no matter where you go, uh, home fellowships or wherever. It never stops, really. 
of these guys going in the crowd, working hard, was to teach the Bible clearly, but it was for people not only to understand it, but actually to apply it in their lives. And we actually see that in verses 9 through 18. The people really respond, they repent, they celebrate um, these feasts. In verse 12 it says, And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send uh, portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Over the years, how have you seen people be blessed and rejoice as they have grown and matured in God's word and been a part of a fellowship, a church that disciples well? I think people rejoice when they see what the word of God can do, uh, when they apply it and they, and they grow and they see what the word of God can uh, do and bring fruit in their own lives, of course you're going to rejoice because the word of God will change your life if you apply it. You know, James said what we should be doers of the words, not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. So if what you hear, it, you should apply it. And when you apply it, you'll see it, it will bring forth fruit and change in your life. And that is something to really rejoice about. Talk and look through chapter nine is the people have gotten to hear the word of God and what God wants. They're actually going to confess, repent of their sin and uh, talk about the importance of that still today to go to God and align our lives up with his word. But as we sort of end this episode and think about just the word of God and how it was preached through Ezra, what last words do you have uh, about the importance of God's word in our ministry and then just encouragement for preachers out there to just keep on preaching the word? Yes, that's it. Just don't stop doing it. Just don't stop. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Um, that's what God has called us to do. You know, sometimes you can see fruit in people's lives right away. And sometimes it takes years before uh, you see the fruit. I know people who came in our church who was really struggling with uh, drugs. And uh, uh, they came to our church and they uh, started coming to fellowship and reading the word and stuff. And and they... Uh, they broke away from the drugs. They got off the drugs, and now they, they, they wouldn't touch drugs with a 10-foot pole right now because they're totally free. So whatever you're doing, you might think it's little. You might think it's unimportant. Uh, but the Word of God is not going to return void. Just stay what you're doing. Just stay at it. And, and you know, when you need encouragement, try to find other pastors uh, in the area that you can pour out your heart to that, they can, that can encourage you. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, it gets hard. It's very rewarding, but sometimes uh, ministry can be hard. So you're going to have to have someone that you can go to that maybe you can pour out your heart to that can encourage you also. So just stay at it. Uh, preach the word. God is with you. Uh, you know, he don't expect you to do it alone. So just, just stay faithful. And I think God is really going to bless you when you see him face to face. Well, that's what we want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. When we meet the Lord face to face. And I know that I wouldn't make it without certain people in my life coaching me, praying for me, and being a support to my life. As Pastor Joe said, we need one another. We are better together. And that is why I'm starting a Patreon page to give coaching, to give community, to be able to connect with you all more, to further the conversation. So in January 2023, I started a Patreon page to be able to give bonus 
content, real life conversation, and to continue to pour in to you all. I'm so looking forward to being able to give more content specifically to connect this content to you to help alongside. So go ahead and check it out. It's at eeleaders.com. You can get the information or go if you go to the Patreon page, you can search under my name, Daniel Williams or EE Leaders. And this is a subscription-based membership to connect with you more personally, to be able to equip you to the things God's called you to do and to create community. I can't wait to connect with you through this platform.